Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Hello, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, You Will Reign in Life, Part 6. This is the final part of the series. In today's message, we're going to continue to discuss about your importance in the body of Christ. You do have a specific function and calling, so you don't want to miss this, not one moment of it. All of it is going to be vital. And remember, www.kingdomrock.org. You may give a gift in any amount to help us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. As they say, the gospel is free, but ministry costs. And we could use your help to spread this gospel message all around the world. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, You Will Reign in Life, Part 6, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, I'm ready to get into the word today. Praise the Lord. Let's go. Are you ready? All right, praise the Lord. If we run around the room today, we'll just say, there he goes, there he goes. He's very excited today, praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time, for this moment that you've given us to gather around your word once again as one family. Father, we do pray that you would speak to us, that you would just feed us, that you would give us that rhema word, that right now word that we need to grow uh, thereby and truly reign in life through Christ Jesus. Lead us in the way we should go. Now, Father, I admit that the answer is not in me, but it's always been in you. So use this body, uh, use this form to communicate your gospel to your people, the truth to your people. And Father, we pray that all of our hearts will be open and receptive to hear what you have to say and hear it and do it. In Jesus' name, let your heart say amen. Amen, amen. amen. hallelujah. Well, I've drawn some things on the board. We'll get to in just a few moments. But for right now, uh, let's go into Reign. You will reign in life, part number six, and going strong. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60, and then you can uh, hold your finger there, and you can also go to uh, Romans 5, 17. Remember, these are our... Uh, I guess we could say thumbnail uh, verses, or these are our springboarding verses that we're using for the series, and then we'll go further. As you're getting that, as you're getting uh, Isaiah 60, let me remind you that the Lord doesn't want us just to be merely exposed to the truth, but he wants us to be immersed in the truth. And you're going to hear that word again today. He wants to be immersed in it. He wants the truth to change us. Remember, Scripture says you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Set you free. It will make you free. The truth changes us. But for, but for far, so, far too long, many have been exposed to the truth. We've heard a word, but there has been no change. And then we go back and say, God, well, I went to church. I was in church, but nothing happened. You've got to allow yourself to... Um, be changed by the word of God, meaning you're going to have to do some homework. Now, when I was in school, I didn't like to hear that word. I wanted to just do school when I was at school. When I was at home, I'm going to play my game. We had Atari back then and all the other stuff. I wanted to do my thing there. And I had the Commodore, six, Commodore 64. Anybody had a Commodore 64? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do my thing. 
okay? School was at school. When school was over, I wanted to go home and do my thing. All right, homework I didn't want to do. Now, some of you love school. I will not look at a certain section of the church because a certain <laughs> section over there uh, really liked school. There's nothing wrong with liking school, praise the Lord. Nothing wrong with it. But when I was done at school, I wanted to leave school at school. Then we hit homework, all right? But homework has a certain value. Uh, when we're in church here today, we don't leave church at church. That's the quickest way for you to uh, live a beat up, de uh, beat up and defeated life. You have to take it with you and do some homework. Go back and visit the scriptures again. Hear the word of God again. Watch the videos again. Visit the scriptures again. Talk about it one with another. These things will help reinforce uh, what you're hearing today. Amen. So don't just be exposed to truth, exposed to the word. Allow that word to get in your heart and change you. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, CDs, DVDs are available on the table over there, and they're also available online. Praise Jesus. All right. Uh, Isaiah 60, verse number one says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee, upon you. God's glory has now risen upon you. And behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, rather for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Here's someone reigning in life. Now, it says here, darkness will cover the uh, cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Now, you would think, OK, Lord, it's dark. Get me out of here. Beam me up, Scotty. It's, it's dark down here. Got to get out of here. Darkness covering the earth, gross darkness of people. But God leaves us here and says, I'm going to turn your light on. You're going to be a brilliant flashlight. You're going to reflect or a brilliant mirror that will reflect my glory in the earth and give those that are in darkness, give them light. All right. So that's our part today. All right, Romans 5, Romans 5, we're going to get that. Uh, Romans 5, are y'all with me today? Amen. Are you going to help me minister this word today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Romans 5, Romans 5, verse 17, I believe, says this. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, talking about Adam, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one who? Jesus Christ. We're going to reign in life by receiving abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Amen. All right, for the past few weeks, now we're really going to get into this next part of this. This would actually be the concluding portion of, we can say, volume one as it relates to connectivity and who you are, at least in the local fellowship or in the body. On last week, we went pretty much in depth talking about uh, from 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We'll go back there just briefly today, uh, talking about uh, spiritual gifts, 
uh, talking about natural things, natural things or, or, or jobs or duties in the body, you know, governing body and ministry of helps and so forth and so on. We talked a lot of it, a lot of a lot about that. So I pray that you are able to really get in that and find out who you are in the body as God allowed, as he uh, has lined it out in the word of God. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, you can turn your Bibles to First um, Corinthians 12, First Corinthians 12. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then get the CD. Uh, it will. I think the CDs of last week are available. Yes. Part five is available. The DVDs are not available yet, uh, but part uh, part five, last week's message CD is available. Uh, part four DVD and CD is available. So we're all caught up up until part four. So part five will be available this week. <clears throat> all right, y'all with me? I want to turn your attention to my Picasso drawing here. And I'll tell you what it means as it relates to relationship, relating to each other, relating to God. First of all, relating to God and then relating to each other. Okay. I hope you like my drawings. Thank you very much. Let me turn your attention to this. This should be a circle, by the way. So use your Holy Ghost imagination and assume that this is a circle. All right. This talks about rotation. Everything in life rotates. Okay. Or circulates. The blood circulates through your body. The planet Earth rotates. The solar system rotates. If you look in as far even as an atom, uh, you know, like the smallest atom of a molecule, you know, that atom, that, those little electrons rotate in there, right? Everything rotates. God did that. We didn't do it. God did. All right. Everything rotates. The Lord even talks about his word. He said his word will not return until him void, but it shall accomplish that. Then it's going to go back to him. So everything has a rotation. Right. And you talk about um, the rain, the clouds up there. Well, they get pretty fat with rain in it. So they got to release it and it goes down and it evaporates and the water molecules go right back up. And then it stays up there for a little bit and then it comes back down. It rotates. It rotates. It rotates. Everything in life rotates. So this rotation can be seen as a, a positive and a negative. It can be seen as uh, giving and receiving. Right? Y'all sit with me. This is what God made in the universe. This is the basis of every relationship as we talked about before. In every relationship, there should be rotation. That is, you're giving something to your spouse, and your spouse is giving to you. The parents, you're giving to your children, and your children are giving back to you. Uh, as we, as a church, we're giving to God, and God is giving back to us. All right? Uh, giving, this plus giving, rather, yeah, I'm sorry, giving here, this is giving and receiving, positive and negative here, increase, decrease, Rotation. Let me just spend a minute over here. Okay. If you understand this, you'll get a lot. Praise Jesus. So every relationship is built on this. Uh, this negative actually is a sign of love. The Bible says John 3, 16, God, what? Gave. God so loved the world that he gave. He was decreased. And as a result of his being decreased, we were what? Increased. He was decreased, we were increased. 
Now it's up to mankind that has been increased to give themselves back to God. And as we give ourselves back to God under his hands in his care, we are then what? Increase. You can't help. You can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try. The more you give, the more he gives back to you. Remember, God is not going to be indebted to us throughout eternity. Okay, this is one very good point. You won't be, none of us will be able to say before God, Lord, I gave and you never gave back to me. I did all this for you and you never did. No, the Lord is going to make sure that the, that the scales are balanced and really it'll be more on his side than it is yours. Okay? Everything in life gives and receives. Everything in life gives and receives. Uh, when, when you receive, that is your increase, everybody loves this. But not many of us love to decrease. But decreasing is a sign of love. Hallelujah. But the flesh does not like to decrease. That's why it's a holy hush and I got to have a bulletproof shield around the altar when I talk about tithing and offering because flesh does not like to decrease. But being decreased is a sign of love. Hallelujah. I wonder how many fathers, how many parents, if, if there was some, um, some uh, wild boar or something coming, your children were standing right there, and uh, how many would you dive in front of that if you had to, to push your child out the way? You are decreasing. You're going to die. But as a result of that, your child is what? Increasing has life, their life has been, exp uh, has been extended because you voluntarily decreased. That's why I'm telling you that the decreasing is a sign of love because love always gives. Praise Jesus. We'll talk about the rest in just a few minutes, but you do well to understand that. Everything, you can measure every relationship that you have by that. If you're, not if you're giving, perpetually giving, and you're not getting back, something is wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to read to you out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it reads. Uh, this sets up the standard or sets up the, the mood, you, we can say, for the entire uh, last part of this volume one here, Reign in Life, part six. There will be a part seven and beyond, but we're going to sh be shifting over to a little bit different topic as we talk about the grace of God on next week. Praise the Lord, because it is through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that we reign in life. But we had to understand uh, our familiar uh, relationships one with another, because if you have not learned to love, if you have not learned to love, that is, you have not learned to give, then you are not like God. And if you are not like God, that's bad. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. All right, very good. All right, so first, listen to this. Uh, if you have your Kindles and notebooks, you can, you can uh, read along with me, or if you have the translation, you can. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 26. Out of the New Living Translation, we'll start here. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. For it, for it is with the body of Christ, rather, so it is with the body of Christ. 
Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Now, you can make a special note of that. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. That is by the Holy Spirit. We have all, if you're born again believer, we have all been baptized into one body. That is the body of Christ. By who? By the Holy Spirit. We have all been baptized. One more time. We have all been baptized into the body of Christ, into one body, the body of Christ. By who? By the Holy Spirit. That's important for you to, to understand that, okay? Let's read a little bit further. Verse 14. Yes, the body has many parts, uh, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does, uh, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, uh, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. I love this. I love this. Sounds very comical, doesn't it? We're going to stop there just for a second. We're all different parts of the body. Now, some of us think that someone, if they stand up in the middle of, in, in front of the church and they look cool in a nice suit, they would say, I want to be like that part. But if everybody's a part of the eye, who's going to take us around? Who's going to be the feet? We can, I can see a lot of people flowing in their gifts and callings and we want to, man, I want to do that too, but that may not be my gift. Are you hearing? Amen. All right, let's go on a little bit further. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Think about a part of your body that is most weak. How about your heart? Some of us, how about our brain? It's most weak. That is, it doesn't have a hard shell to it. You know, if I take it out, it won't survive right here on the table. Parts that are most weak, we need them the most. Are you hearing? And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe uh, with great care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together uh, such that honor, such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Isn't that something? You know, your skin is an organ. It's on the outside. It's an important part. Thank the Lord. But the, the parts that really require life are all on the inside, require protection. They're on the inside. You don't see them every day. They don't get up in, they don't get up in the pulpit. 
Are you hearing? As it talks about church, you don't see them. There are some behind the scenes parts that if you don't do what you do, we won't function. There are some cleaning, church cleaning up parts. We don't see you sweeping all the time, but if you don't do what you do, we won't function right. There'll be a stinketh in the roometh. <laughs> if nobody cleans up it. Are you hearing? Every part is vital. Every part is important in the body. So when you do your assignment, it's needed. You say, well, it's just a small part. Well, when you do your small part, it edifies the body, and we all need it. Amen? Amen. Verse 25, this makes, this makes uh, for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. Verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Are you hearing? Everybody's got a part. Everybody's got an assignment. When you do what you do, no matter how big or small it is, it affects us all. When you do your job well, it is well. When you do your job poorly, it is poorly and it affects the whole body. Okay? Let's not just look at the big parts. There are many little parts that have to be done as well. Okay, that will affect the whole body. Are y'all with me today? All right, going back up now. Now it's time for us to take off. So put your trays in the upright, your tray tables in the upright position. Make sure that you have stowed your luggage in the upper compartment. We're about to take off down the runway. So I pray that you're ready to go with me. Amen? Amen. All right. So as we look back up now to verse number 13, it says, but we have all been baptized into one body by the one spirit. We've all been baptized into one body by the one spirit. Now I'm going to give you uh, some Greek and then we're going to talk about mood and uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, voice. So we're going to have to learn a little bit. And there's a holy hush again. We're going to talk about mood and we're going to talk about voice so that you can understand directly what this word baptized is. Of course, baptized here is a verb. It's something that is done. It is an action, right? It is an action word. We're all baptized into the one body, and that is into the body of Christ, by the Holy Spirit. Baptized is an action word. It is a verb. Verbs are translated, uh, we can, uh, in, in, in this case, in two tenses, or, or the tense here, of course, is uh, past tense, or really it is indicative. We'll talk about that later, but we really want to get into the voice and the mood. The voice is the verb that indicates whether a subject is, the subject is acting or is acted upon. Now this is important, the voice of the word uh, baptized here. Now, the voice here, the word voice, or rather the term voice as it relates to baptize, tells us whether uh, the subject, the subject here would be us, okay? We are being baptized by the Holy Spirit. Okay, I don't want to lose you. We're being baptized by the Holy Spirit. The voice here, which determines, the voice of the verb determines whether the subject is doing the action, whether we are doing the action, or whether we are receiving the action, okay? The voice here is passive. This is in a passive voice. The passive voice represents the subject as being the recipient of the action, meaning the Holy Spirit 
Spirit did the baptizing to us. We allowed it to happen. Okay? Past this is written, word baptized here in the Greek is uh, baptizo, meaning the Holy Spirit. When you gave your life to Christ, it is the Holy Spirit that performed the action on you. Without, without you doing anything, he performed the action. Okay? The mood here is, is uh, indicative. Indicative means uh, basically a statement of fact. This has happened. Okay? This has happened. Now, this is water. This is the bottom of the pool. These are people who are obviously standing in it for some reason they're able to stand in the water. This sort of reflects baptism, okay? The Holy Spirit dunked you into, now baptism uh, means the word uh, baptizo means to submerge, to immerse, okay? Submerge, immerse. That is you go under the water, you go under. So if this water is representing the body of Christ, remember the Holy Spirit baptized you into the body. That means you have gone down into, into Christ. Now, when you're baptized, we no longer see you. Okay, but baptizo also means to be dipped. That is to be dipped repeatedly too, by the way. Uh, in most cases, until clean. Praise Jesus. Okay, so the Lord, the Holy Spirit takes you and he baptizes you, brings you down. And then, of course, in baptism, you don't stay down. You're able to come back up. But there's one thing about when someone is being baptized, when they come up, what has been around them when they come up out of the water is now on them. And you go to hug somebody after they immediately after they've been baptized What's on them is going to come on you. They're wet and you embrace them, you can get wet too. Okay? Which is the plan of God? The Holy Spirit baptizes you. He immerses you in Christ. And then he raises you up and you have Christ all on you. Does that make sense? This is why we say, again, that the, that the um, voice here is permissive. Uh, it is not permissive, I'm sorry. Um, the voice here is passive, meaning he, the Holy Spirit, is doing the work. So you can go around all day long and say, Lord, I want to go deeper in you. I want to go deeper in you. I want to go deeper in you. What You're trying to make it happen. But the word of God says it is the spirit of God that is doing the action upon you. You are allowing it to happen. In other words, you're putting, your, you're putting yourself in a place or in the atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can lay hands upon you and uh, immerse you in Christ and then cause you to come up looking as Christ. Are you hearing? Now, that's important. We're going we're gonna to see that because you'll also understand that in this baptism process, you'll find this. You'll find these two things. You'll find the increase and the decrease in baptism what happens you go what you first go what you first go down and then second part you do what you come up 
This is all throughout the word of God, I'm telling you. And going down, uh, there's that negative. Somebody's got to submit and say, all right, I will allow you, Lord, to do this to me. And then as he brings you up, you're being increased. Does that make sense to you? Now you understand that, you'll understand quite a bit. Now, so again, the voice here is passive. You are letting the Holy Spirit do this to you. The mood here is indicative. It is already an established fact. If you are born again, born of God, the Lord has done this. But this is a baptizo is a repeated process, which means you're gonna have to go down and up quite a number of times. But every time you go down, every time you submit to him and are willing to go down, say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. When he brings you up, you're changed. You're cleansed. You're washed. It's a cycle. Are you hearing? All right. So, again, uh, the, the proper mindset of connectivity, here again, being connected to the flow. There's a flow there's a pattern of things that are already happening now. If you look at the currents in the seas, the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, oh, they all have currents. There's all a rotation in the seas. Man didn't make it. There's no fan big enough to make the, the waves go a certain way. God did that. Everything that he created has a flow, has a rotation. This tells me, too, that if we are not being blessed of God, you're out of the flow. You're out of the rotation. You may get that next week. Praise the Lord. Now, here's another interesting thing that the word of God declares in John 6, 30. You can write this down. John 6, verse 30, John the Baptist picked up on this too. As he was in ministry, uh, and, and the Bible says that he was the forerunner of Christ, it was John's assignment to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. It was his assignment to make the rough places smooth, to make the, uh, to bring low the mountains, to, to fill in the valleys, to make the crooked places straight. He had to go out and preach repentance to the people so that they would be ready when Jesus came. So John had an established ministry, but when Jesus came on the scene, he made this statement, this statement, and he referred to this, hear me. He said in John 3, verse 30, he says this, he must increase but I must decrease. I wonder, is anybody getting that yet? He was talking about Jesus. John said he must increase and I must decrease. Wow, that is, I have to give to the Lord. I have to release all that I have, all I have to release uh, my, my mission, my assignment, I must, I must go back in the background. In other words, I must be submerged out of you so that he can come into view. Oh, that's good. That's good. I must be submerged from view. I must be decreased so that Christ can be increased, so that Christ can be revealed. Are you hearing? Let me give you another part of this principle. And I love this. I'm going to read this to you out of the Message Bible. I love the way this reads. This is John, the 12th chapter, verses 24 and 25 out of the Message Bible. Listen to how this reads. Again, John 12, verses 24 through 25 of the Message Bible. It reads this way. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, 
it is never any more than a grain of wheat. Let me read that again, or let me say it again. Unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground and it dies, unless it does that, it's never anything else other than a grain of wheat. Everybody understand that? Listen, but if it is buried, it sprouts and produces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. Look at this again in form of baptism. Buried. Another word for bapt, uh, uh, remember the Greek word here is baptizo. It means to immerse. It means to submerge. And the word immerse does mean to bury. That is, I have to be buried in Christ. And when I'm buried in Christ, when I submit, that is, I yield, when I give myself to him, when I give myself to him, I die. I am buried in him, and what comes up is much greater than what went down. Oh, isn't that something? But here is the fight. Most of us don't want to be decreased. We try to hold on to the seed life. We don't want to give away anything else. But unless you die, you won't live. Can't get no talk in here. Matthew 23, verse 12. I want to read this to you as well. Matthew 23, verse 12. Also very awesome example. Matthew 23, verse 12. It speaks about this again. It says, Whosoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said, if you try to put yourself up, if you try to put yourself up, you're going to be brought down. Amen. Listen, that cycle, if you try to bring yourself up, you got to go down. That cycle, it has to happen. But he said, if you humble yourself, that is, if you willingly go down, giving of yourself, God said, I'll bring you up. Amen. 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 That cycle, rotation. Are you hearing? Amen. Let, me, let me do this so we can see this a little bit clearer. Here is the, uh, the sea there, and here are the clouds, clouds. And they rain, and then the water evaporates and goes right back up. Fills up the clouds again, and it goes over and does it again and again and again. Okay? So if you say, I'm dry, you're out of rotation. You have stopped either giving or you've stopped receiving. There's nothing going on in my life. Nothing is always happening. Something bad is always happening to me. Help me, Jesus. You're out of rotation. 
something has been blocked because God's system of things works. He says as long in the book of Ecclesiastes, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. As long as earth remains, there's seed time, trying to put time to put seed in the ground, harvest time, time to uh, harvest those apples or what have you, whatever you have. Then you eat that apple and then, oh, what's in the middle of that apple? Those little seeds. Then what do you do with those seeds? You can put them in trash can if you want to, or you can, you can plant them. But guess what happens if we throw them in the trash and there are no more super, uh, supermarkets and all that stuff? Rotation is broken, right? You have no more food. Okay? If you have to raise your own crops and you throw your seed away or you eat your seed, you break rotation. And there's nothing else for you on the next time. Does that make sense to you? So if I'm not receiving, then that must mean I'm not giving. Help me out, Brother Kelly. Again, the problem with most of us is that we don't want to be decreased when it is clearly a characteristic of God. God was decreased first and expects the increase from the harvest of earth, of mankind. Love always jumps out first. Are you hearing? Decreasing is a sign of love. We decrease as we give and we increase as we receive. But the fight in us today is to decrease. Put our flesh under control, submission of the Holy Spirit, and decrease. If you don't decrease, you will not be increased. Hallelujah. Let me show you another in Matthew 22. We go a little bit further here. Matthew 22. We're trying to wrap some things up. Matthew 22, uh, verses 36. It says, "Master, which is the the great the great commandment in the law?" Jesus said unto him, "This is Matthew 22, verse 37. Uh, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind." This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love always releases. Please don't tell me that you love me, you never give to me. Please, you ladies, please don't let some man tell you, oh, I love you, and you never receive. Praise Jesus. John 13, verse 34 and 35 says this. A new, com- a new commandment I give to you, that ye love one another, or that you give to one another, as I have loved or have given to you, that ye also love one another. Verse 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. Are you hearing? I will ask the question, have you learned to love? Have you learned to love? Most importantly, have you learned to love God? And have you learned to love your neighbor? Are you hearing? Let me share with you one more. There are a whole lot more, but let me share with you one more. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 through 13, listen to what this says here 
in the King James Version says this, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12 through 13, it says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to to esteem them very highly in the Lord for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Let me tell you a little bit about this, and we go further. It says, I beseech you, brethren, to know those, know them which labor among you. Who are the them? Who Know those who labor among you. Who, who is laboring among me? Who is that God? You want me to know him? Who, who is laboring among me? Well, it tells you, it says, and are over you in the Lord. That is, God has given them leadership over the life, over your life. He's given them the rule over the life to be able to stand and, uh, and to declare. It says, and are over you in the Lord. Now, if someone is over you, that means that you're going to have to be submitted to them. A willing, willing submission. It says, and these people that are over also admonish. That is, they counsel, guide, correct, or warn, or caution. This is exactly what I'm doing here today. So the word of God says to know them. You're going to have to know your leaders. This is also the word of God. Here again, rotation, rotation. You're going to have to know. Now, I didn't say know my shoe size. <laughs> Not talking about knowing things in the natural. What, what suit? Uh, God bless you. Want to buy me a suit? Go ahead. I'll take it. <laughs> but it's in knowing the spirit, knowing the heart of those that minister to you. Knowing the spirit, knowing the heart. I guarantee you, if many would follow that word, of, that word of advice, there'll be a whole lot less members in some churches. When you know the spirit, you know the heart. Okay? It says, goes on to say, and to esteem. The word esteem means to uh, respect. And to esteem them or respect them very highly in love for their work's sake. Now, I love that, for their work's sake. Esteem them or respect them very highly for their work's sake. If not much work is going on, there shouldn't be that much respect given. I'm just giving it to you. Last scripture, go go with me to the book of James. James. James 5. And this is what we really want to get into today. And we'll stop here. James 5. James 5. Have you understood this? This is not something that man made. This is what God created. This is how everything flows. This is how your body flows, how nature flows. Universe flows. Universe has rotation. Galaxy has rotation. Solar system has rotation. Everything is spinning, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Everything does. So if we're not receiving... If we say, if my prayers are not being answered, then some way I'm out of rotation. Have you stopped praying? Have you stopped giving to the Lord? All right. Or have you not received something? Now, saying all of that gets us right here to James 5. James 5. And if you understand that, then you should understand this. Here is the very crux of the matter. As you reign in life. Are you ready for this? Should we just stop? Go. Oh, 
Oh, well, good. I see your measure has increased. Very good. James 5, just three verses, 14, 15, and 16. This relates directly to you. This relates to the elders of the church, the leaders of the church, and it relates to each other. And of course, it relates to us, between us and God. Verse 14 says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall do what? Save the sick and the Lord shall what? Raise him up. Anybody ever been sick and you heard somebody say, I'm just down in my body. I feel down in my body. Well, if we're in proper rotation, you've got to understand if you're down, well, what's going to happen next? I'm going to have to come up. If you're in rotation. I'm going to kick. Are you understanding? He said, uh, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed, uh, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now going back up to verse 14, going to just give you the long and skinny of the things here. It says here in verse 15, uh, rather 14, if you are sick, call for the elders of the church, for the late church leadership. Now, uh, what's happening here in, in 14, 15, and 16, the Lord's giving us two methods or two ways of healing or two ways of um, correcting a malfunction, so to speak. Sickness is a malfunction of the body. Okay? That's not supposed to happen. It's a malfunction. So the Lord gives us two ways, two methods of correcting a malfunction of the body, whether it's a physical malfunction, spiritual, mental, whatever it is, of correcting a malfunction. Now you say, there's nothing wrong with me today. I either say you don't know that really, or something has been wrong with you and you're over it now, or I can say something is gonna happen again sooner or later. Okay? All right, so this is important that we understand how to correct Two methods of correcting a malfunction in the body, whether it's physical sickness, emotional sickness, whether it's financial sickness, whatever it is, two methods. Are you hearing me? So please go with me. We're almost done today. So he says, call for the elders of the church, leadership, and let them pray over him. That is, someone is higher, someone is lower. The one that is being prayed over is submitting. This is a passive action. Okay, this person is passive. They're just letting it happen to them. Are you hearing? Let it, now listen to it. So let them call for the elders of the church and let them, the elders, pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, obviously that is prayed by the elders, the leadership, the prayer of faith shall, what? Save the sick. The word save here is the Greek word sozo, which means to, to save, uh, keep safe, sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. Rescue from danger or destruction. The prayer of faith shall rescue that person from danger or destruction. We're going to rescue them from the sickness. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if, he, if he's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. So in 14 and 15, the person does absolutely nothing but call and submit. That's it. 
We say, oh, that's easy. Is it easy? To call, to summon, to admit you need help, and then to submit. Okay? One method. Call and submit. Now understand something. The person does nothing. The elders, of course, and the Lord do all the work. The person just submits, surrenders. They agree to go down. And what happens at the end? The Lord shall raise up. All right. So if we have not received healing in whatever area, and if you've called for the elders of the church, leadership of the church, if you still not received it, have you submitted? Have you played the passive role and let it happen? Okay. Secondly, we're, we're closing out here. 16 says, confess your faults one to another. Now, confession, if I'm going to tell you my faults, now, the word fault here means to fall beside or near something. It doesn't mean to fall away. You just fell down. Okay? Confess, that is, verbally acknowledge where you have fallen. Confess your faults one to another. Now, is that an, that's a decreasing action, isn't it? You're going to have to submit. You're going to have to just... All right, this is what is happening to me here. You're confessing your faults, not to the church body, although if you want to, let's talk first. Praise the Lord. This is simply confess where you have fallen. Husbands may confess to wives, or members may confess to pastors. Members may confess to members. Are you hearing? Where have you fallen? Fallen beside, fallen down. Now it says the word fault means here we can fall beside. That is, we were walking and I looked around. Oh, what are you doing down there? Spiritually, that happens. Oh, but naturally, we still, you're still right here and I, I, I may not notice. But we confess. Here again, here's a way to handle that malfunction. Confessing, verbalizing my fault. This is what's happening. I slipped up in this area. I fallen away. I stopped praying like I should have. I stopped giving like I should have. I'm angry. I'm upset. Confess the fault. Confess where you have fallen. You want to be raised up? Confess where you have fallen. Acknowledge confession also acknowledges the fall. Acknowledge I have fallen. He says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Now, here's the thing. Many of us say, well, as soon as I get better, then I'll pray and i help somebody else. But the person, one of the persons that are praying here is also the one that is sick. Which means you don't wait until you get healed before you pray. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. This is also the person that has the malfunction. So there's a release in my confession of fault, and there is a release when I pray for someone else while I'm in my fault. When I minister to someone else while I'm in my fault. When I minister when I am sick, there's a release in that. Instead of waiting till you come up and then minister. Does that make sense to you? Amen. Hang with me. I know just another, another moment, okay? Can you hang? I promise you, we're about to land the plane now. So, as a matter of fact, put your the in-flight movie is about to be turned off. You may turn on your cell phone devices in just a few moments. We're about to land this plane. Okay, you made it this far. Praise Jesus. 
Understand something. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Why? That you may be healed. That you may be healed. That is released from that condition. Praise the Lord. But notice what the word says here, that you may be healed. The phrase may be healed is, uh, has a subjective mood, which means it is dependent. It's dependent either on circumstances or on the subject. That is, if you don't confess and if you don't minister or pray to others, there's a possibility that you won't be healed. It it does not say, and you shall be healed. It says, may be. Okay, if conditions aren't met. So the first one in 14 and 15, look at there, we're closing that Bible. Woo, somebody's getting excited. 14 and 15, the elders are doing the work. The Lord is doing the work. And you are passive. You just, all right, Lord, I'm here. I submit. I release it. And it is happening to you. But in the next verse, you confess your faults. You pray for others. That is, you are active. And in your activity, you may be healed. Praise Jesus. One relates to you and leadership. The other relates to you and those sitting across from you in the aisles. Healing comes from two places. One, it comes directly from the Lord. See, deals with the elders. Secondly, the healing comes through the body. As the Lord gives it to the body, and through your confession and through your prayers, it's released to you. The malfunction is fixed, and you're able to go on. It's all about rotation. I pray that you've enjoyed volume number one of your reign in life. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. We are done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.